And also, it's not something you can just switch on overnight. It, it takes years of practice and, and getting the right self-discipline and getting the right people. And like the technology is generally the easy part, which is, I wouldn't even say it's easy, but it's generally perceived as the easy part because there's always a, a technical solution. But it's more the mindset, the practices, the rituals, the behaviours that you really need to develop and evolve over time. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast Season 4, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. It's another beautiful sunny day. I'm at the gym three weeks in now. I'm deadlifting 75% of my body weight. So super stoked about that. And I'm speaking to a ton of great people on the podcast, which is really fun. And there's a great lineup ahead. I am stoked to be delivering another episode this week, talking to Gary Walker, who is part of the Distribute Consulting team. Remember, we spoke to the COO, Sunny Zima, last week. Now, Gary is definitely a bona fide member of the team, but he works with them in a very interesting, very consultative capacity, kind of like a um, freelance remote consultant. It's very, very cool. He has a really interesting role within the team working with digital infrastructure, toolkits, and product creation. So in his external facing capacity, he works with Distribute's clients where he has the bigger conversations around technology and a company's digital toolkit. So he will look at which tools they invest in and how they use them to support their company infrastructure, as well as how they can be used to support the company culture and team well-being. Now, he's particularly passionate about how a company's digital toolkit can be used for the greater good, which is such a refreshing perspective. He also raised a brilliant concept called the guilt curve, which I've never heard expressed that way. So listen out for that. We chat about that. And there's a lot of nuggets in this episode in general. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I'm really excited to hear your remote story. So I'm really curious, how long have you been working remotely and how on earth did you get into it? Uh, yeah, so I've been working remotely for just over 14 years now, um, which is, is quite a long period of time. Um, I would say there's been periods during that 14 years where I've been a bit more kind of uh, hybrid um, from time to time. But yeah, 14 years ago... Um, I'll be honest, like the, the reason for it going remote was very different to my motivations now. Um, at the time, I was just starting my own business, early 20s, around graphic design and web development. And to be honest, I just couldn't afford an office. <laughs> so um, couldn't afford an office space. And it was a kind of balancing act at that point, because I think a lot of people who didn't work out of offices lacked a bit of credibility. So there was that kind of fear a little bit starting out and doing it remotely, but I'd kind of established enough clients at that point that it wasn't too much of a concern. Um, but yeah, that was my first kind of experience of working remotely with those clients, mostly going to their office spaces if I was doing a little piece of work. And then when I was delivering the outputs, all of that work would be, be getting done from 
predominantly at home because that's generally where I like to work from, but it gave me the flexibility to to move about probably less so than now. The technology wasn't the same 14 years ago. It was a bit more challenging. Um, but yeah, 14 years, so long time. And so given that you're a bit of a remote veteran, um, what is your response to what, what I consider to be um, a lot of social media content and articles and research studies that almost position it as a kind of overnight phenomenon of 2020? Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of these things. I think it, like... I think it's great that there's a lot of enthusiasts out there. I think there's probably less experienced people uh, that kind of appreciate what fully remote working is like. And I think for anybody that I've had conversations with since the kind of global pandemic started is is really like you've probably seen this yourself and a lot of people you've, you've spoken to or read that this isn't really representative of remote work. It's you're you're at home and you're trying to work during a crisis. Uh, the 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 mindset, the the kind of social dynamic is completely different. Um, therefore, if you've never worked for a sustained period out of an office before, you're you're going to find it super challenging. Even people that have been working remotely, it's challenging because I think the biggest risk is always isolation and loneliness. And if you look right now, the the social aspect of remote working, I've, I've always said it's it's more deliberate, but it's certainly not diminished. But right now, everything's diminished <laughs> because uh, a lot of people are in lockdown and they are limited. So, um, so yeah, I, I think there's a a bit of guidance and, and and really just helping people understand that this isn't really representative of of what remote working can be. But it's exciting. It's it's going to open up a lot of opportunities to people. So that's a good thing. A lot of people are not enjoying working from home. And I think it's interesting because remote work uh, for you, for me, has always represented more freedom. And for so many people now who are tasked with working from home without the choice, you know, it's not even their, their first choice to do so. They're experiencing less freedom. And so now we've got this whole group of people who now associate remote work with less freedom yeah, yeah and, and listen it's totally understandable like i think most people i've spoken to like it is understandable that people are that have never been exposed to working this way like they'll go to the default of things like replicating the physical office virtually and they'll, they'll become more accustomed to moving to virtual meetings back-to-back -back meetings and um, but also what i'm seeing quite a lot is even things around when generally when you substitute a commute, when you work remotely, people will do things, maybe med meditation, maybe go for a walk or whatever, whatever they choose to be. I think right now the economic climate and the, the anxiety people are feeling, I think some people are substituting their commute to, to overwork and almost prove themselves and almost kind of create that job stability. So there's so many factors at play just now. So it's, it's totally understandable that that people are, are going to <laughs> attach this experience as a, as a negative experience. I think the only message I can say to those people is, it's like as we hopefully come out of this and hopefully people do have more flexibility to choose where they work from. And that's ultimately what we're saying. It's not about working from home or working remotely. It's giving people that freedom, um, which is something that as a human race, we've always, um, always been drawn to and fought for. So and um, hopefully this will open up some more opportunities to people that do have the ability to work from anywhere. So, um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of things at, at play at the moment. Um, so. Definitely, because I think a lot of companies now will have seen the benefits of it and will go, uh, will will move to a more hybrid working model where they're open to remote and they're more open to flexible working so that everybody can create that right mix and that right blend and structure of uh, work style for them. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's one of these things, whenever anyone spoke to me before, like I think no matter what you choose to do, whether it's fully remote, office-based, hybrid, it's, it's, it's going to take time and, and it's going to be challenging Like, and you're going to need to be resilient and, and have kind of adaptive leaders who are quite enlightened in terms of the ways of working. But hybrid for me is like probably one of the most difficult um, because I think once you start to open up that avenue of office, like at the moment, everybody's kind of forced into a situation. Therefore, everyone's looking through the lens of being remote. Whereas when you open up hybrid, you've got people that will go back to their tendencies. And if you don't have that remote first mindset, then you can start to really start to fracture that culture and that connected culture. So that's definitely something that just trying to support people, give them guidance on what kind of things they can consider like around what does remote force really mean and how do you move to a more asynchronous way of working? How do you be more considerate of multiple time zones and, and people's time and, and almost moving away from that always readily available? So all these things are, are critical factors, but I think there is a um, there's there's going to be a, a scramble for, for experienced people who have really run remote operations before because it's not similar to a stereotypical sort of people director job and it's not to it's not to replace that job it's to complement it and um, but it is working in a completely different way um so yeah it's there's lots of opportunity and i think you're right like people enlightened leaders are looking beyond the, the pandemic and they're seeing some of the benefits it's just just taking time and, and being considerate and thoughtful around what what will those practices be how do we really embed those how do we have people that are remote first advocates that are in the office and always thinking about those people first. So um, that, that's going to be a, an interesting sort of development over the next few years, I would imagine. Really, what I want to ask you is what, what do you think makes you particularly suited to remote work personally? Um, so look at it from a personal lens. I'm, I'm generally someone who likes to take time and, and sort of consider the work that I'm doing and I certainly appreciate deep focus time. Um, I appreciate flexibility, and and the the one number one thing in my life is is family and and looking after myself to be the best person I can be for them as well. So those those are probably the predominant things in terms of the suited aspect. Yeah, just what I was talking around about the time and the focus time, like that. I kind of when I used to be in office type environments, I would always try and create time for myself to look at progressive ways of working and naturally I, I'm a curious person who kind of was always looking at whether it's technology or ways of working and how they could be utilized to to support the jobs to be done that myself or teams are doing and maybe how technology can be used in an unintended way and I think by working remotely you just have a lot more freedom and control over your own destiny and, and your own time you're you're no longer at the mercy of having to be where people need you to be, if that makes sense. Um, but that's something that took time to really develop because you do go through that guilt curve. Um, you go through a lot of emotions and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. You need to really learn self-discipline, organization and, and, and different um, things. And life experiences is important too. If I look at the way I approach it now versus 10 years ago, it's, I wouldn't even recognize some of the things I do back then. Like, um, if I look at the pace that I was working at and these different things, it was never going to be sustainable. So, yeah, there's, there's many, many factors at play. The, the core ones for me, though, is deep focus time is, is really critical for the kind of work that I enjoy and what I do. So, yeah. 
I love how you're speaking to the, the idea that we event over time, we relax into it. Because I think a lot of people who start working remotely for the first time tend to overwork um, because yeah. they're n used to sort of being seen as a, as a way to measure uh, their contribution versus, you know, switching into an output over hours mentality and use and and designing their own schedule and managing their own time to focus on the best quality output regardless of how long it takes them. It does take time to develop the confidence to take ownership of that flexibility and freedom that all of a sudden we have. And it can be quite overwhelming. Uh, it's wonderful and because the, the, you get this adrenaline rush going, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have all this time to do this. And then you're at the gym at 11 o'clock in the morning and you're thinking, oh my God, should I be here? <laughs> I feel really guilty. Oh my goodness, yeah, I, should be, yeah. I should be slaving away at my desk. You know, just my, my boss should, be, like, should see that I'm on Slack, that I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> That's that it, like green dot syndrome. <laughs> and, yeah, and like I've written about that before, like productivity over visibility and, and these different things. But you're right, like everybody goes through that, I would imagine, like those sort of feelings and feeling a little bit anxious and especially when they're new and I think it's a lot of people want to build up credibility don't they and and they want to they want to feel like they're they're trusted and and that their managers trust them and these different types of things these are just natural human emotions I would imagine so um but but it's it's something that you kind of need to support them through I think if Stephen and I weren't having conversations and he didn't have like a buddy in the team that was sort of supporting then it could easily have spiraled into working some uncontrollable hours and and burning out eventually so yeah it's definitely something to be mindful of and i'm seeing that a lot just now from the organizations that haven't worked this way before for, for the reason that i mentioned earlier so um, and i think it's important like the well-being aspect is so so crucial to to all of this um, even from a i talk a lot about um toolkits and, and and the tools that can support the jobs to be done and i always talk about um, the well-being aspect and even from a technology perspective how that can support people so um, it's really critical conversations that need to be had in organisations. So, um, but yeah, you make me laugh with the, the gym comment because I think everyone's felt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you nailed it when you mentioned trust, really, because remote just is is enabled by and creates such deep levels of trust. Trust that, you know, your leaders need to trust you to do your job, but you need to trust yourself that you can manage your own time and do the work aligned with your own rhythms in a way that is really more easy, more enjoyable, more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're measured on outcomes. And I think that's a good thing because it encourages you to focus on something to completion as well. Um, so you, you're, if you're doing it in the right way and you're supported in the right way, you've got the right alignment and autonomy, then you're not trying to work on nine different things at once and never deliver any of them. You, you get to focus on specific things and, and produce output and that helps you as well on your journey. Um, I think there's a lot of organizations or a lot of people that can easily hide behind strategy for, for years. I think putting work out there, delivering on it, being measured on it is, is powerful um, in terms of progression as well. So um, but yeah, like I think um, there's loads of advantages to it. Um, I think it's just trying to get the right balance at the moment um, to try and support companies that are just very new to it um, because they're always going to default back to what they've what they've known and done for years. It's like anything, even like I, I started on a separate note, I started um, 
just meditating only about five years ago, but oh, my God, it was so difficult. <laughs> like for and it, and it's because I'm retraining my mind for something that had been uh, working in a certain way for such a long period of time, and this is no different. What like your ways of working and and organisational culture and stuff. So, um, people have been working this way for such a long time. It takes time to sort of evolve and change and. I think if you can get people that they want to evolve and they, they have that self-awareness and they're willing to put in that time and they'll absolutely reap the benefits of it. Um, yeah. Distribute Consulting is one of the companies that you work with or rather for as a, a almost like a freelance remote consultant and that you are what we could describe as a as someone who has a blended remote work portfolio. So how do you manage your work across these different clients that you work with? So it's still, it's a small amount. So generally I'll focus on one core client and then I'll do some kind of smaller pieces of work. So I'll never overwhelm myself. I just quite like the diverse mix of, of doing stuff differently. So at the moment, usually it'll be two or three maximum, um, but it will always be a predominant one. Um, I'm dedicating my time to like, um, yeah, so that's the way I've normally structured it. Generally, I look for clients that are across different time zones, and that will give me flexibility through my day as well. Um, but yeah, I think the approach for me is, is just being very focused on what are the outcomes that I'm working towards, making sure that I'm not taking on too much. So I'm constantly evaluating that on a monthly basis. Um, and if, it, if I feel like it's becoming overwhelming or it's unsustainable, then I'll have a conversation with whichever client I feel is, is being maybe most impactful to me or I'm not providing the best opportunity for me to grow um, but yeah just typically my approach would be that to look at the sort of time zones and the nature of the work as well I think like not not working for just one dedicated work stream or work piece really helps me in terms of my ambitions for growth and just my own curiosities and um, I'm always looking at emerging technologies and, and new ways of working and liking to experiment with these different types of things so the more diverse a portfolio of people that I'm working with that that really helps me and um, and that's something that I always look for as well. You've mentioned well-being a couple times and I, I would just love to to, to, to know what, what are the, the, the special not not special but specific things that you do to make sure that your life is in balance? Yeah so it's, it's something that 10 years ago I would never have looked at and that's myself first to make sure I'm the best person I can be I think for me I used to um I think if you look at the different schemas that everybody's got and from a psychological perspective subjugation was one that's certainly prominent in me from a childhood of always trying to please people and try and put them first and I think you can do that to agree and it's a nice attribute but you also need to really focus on yourself and make sure that you're the best that you can be so definitely that journey has, has taught me to to make sure I look after myself so I'm Present, predominantly present, is the most important thing for me. And like I'm part of a um, the community centre for humane technology, and they're very much focused on presence and the impact of persuasive technologies and and how it's having a detrimental impact on our, our children, our society. And these are things that I, I consider and I think about a lot. Um, and what that then helps me to do is really try and focus on, on meditating as often as I can, like uh, try and do that every day. And I'm, I'm not perfect at it. Like there's some days that I really struggle with it and my mind does wander and I do have lots of thoughts. And then it's funny because after it, you then think, oh, God, like <laughs> but that's part of the journey and the process. And trying to do some exercise um, at least a few times a week is important for me, like 
it helps how I feel and fitness perspective and all these different things, especially for my kids trying to run after them. Um, so yeah, those are the, the main ones. I think presence is probably the most under acknowledged one. Like I, I see it in a lot of organizations where people multitask and they'll have meetings and they'll take their devices and they'll do emails. I've seen e people email other people in the meeting <laughs> during a meeting. Like, and that's one thing that's really important from a remote perspective is, is making sure if you are having a synchronous meeting that you are really present and you're giving it your all. So that's why I touch upon well-being as much as possible. But again, it's you can give people guidance and you can maybe say, hey, have you tried out this tour stuff? But I think they need to find it themselves for it to be truly really work for them. I don't think you can ever tell someone, hey, I've done meditation. It's awesome. You should go and do it. Like very few people will just go and do it. Like I think most people will reach a point in their life where the way they're working is unsustainable. That was certainly for me, like the pace of my mind and the pace of the things that I was thinking about in terms of whether it's technology or ways of working or being a dad or all these different things. It was just unsustainable. I would constantly burn out and without burning out, if that makes sense. So I would get unwell for maybe a week or two and and then I would get back on it and, and go again. And I just wanted to understand why that was. So I spent a lot of time just, and I'm always questioning myself and looking at how I can make myself a little bit better or a better person. So I looked at self-awareness around well, what's the cognitive behavioral traits behind that. So kind of spoke to some people around that. Tried to learn that just out of curiosity as well, because the psychology fascinates me. Um, and that then led me to, oh, you know what, I could look at mindfulness and I could look at meditation and see if that helps. And it certainly does um, for me, but it's everybody's got different things. Some people like music, some people like kind of being out in nature. And like meditation is just a form of, of that sort of quiet, being present, like whether it's through prayer or different different methods that people have. So I do think it's it's fundamentally important, especially just now with what's happening with technology and social media and, and attention capitalism and all of these different components that are at play from a technology perspective. It's, it worries me a lot. <laughs> it becomes overwhelming. Like, how can I do something about it but like to help society? But it's, uh, yeah, that's a completely different topic, I suppose. But yeah. It sounds to me like you have, like well-being for you is a lifelong commitment and that's, that's really inspiring. And it's interesting you mentioned burnout because Sunny, um, at the end of her episode, she said, um, as advice to a worker is to know the symptoms of burnout um, and to really be aware of what's happening for you so that you can, you know, mitigate the effects of that and, and, and make changes in your life. Listen, now you have all so much going on in terms of your remote offering. Where is the best place for people to find out more about you? 22north.co.uk is, is, is my primary website. And then the sub-brand of that is, is readyforremote.com. And obviously, a lot of those services are powered through Distribute um, Consulting. So, um, and readyforremote.com is really an ecosystem I put together um, about a year and a half ago where I'd written a book called Ready for Remote um, about two and a half years ago, which I'd love to go back and change now because there's so much more stuff I'd put in and edit and change. But it was, it was well received at the time. Um, but off the back of that, I kind of really wanted to think about an ecosystem where people can go and they can learn from not just myself, but other insights in there. So there's a content management system where I pull in some of the articles that I think are really powerful or useful. Um, you can get a toolkit of the different tools that are out there. You can also look at like co-working spaces when COVID is, is no longer a part of our lives. And it's kind of like that ecosystem. So if anyone wants to kind of learn a bit more, they could always head to readyforremote.com um, um, as well. And, and there's some good insights in there as well. 
Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. It was really nice speaking with you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a start rating and a quick sentence or two on what you think about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too, so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.